All right, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. There's a lot to get updated on because there was a pretty big win for Kevin Falcon over the weekend. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Yes, a big win. Uh, these virtual online political leadership races are kind of have a tough time generating much hoopla. I don't know if you watched the scene Saturday night. I watched it online and it didn't really generate a lot of enthusiasm, but a solid win for Kevin Falcon. We knew that he was the front runner. Uh, he really was the front runner. 47% of the vote on the first ballot. And the only reason he didn't immediately wrap it up is because the way that system works, they drop the low vote getters, count their second choices, and the low vote getters, the first three or four, had so few votes, it wasn't enough to put Falcon over the top. But 52% of the vote, that's a good strong win on this system. It's, uh, well, I don't know, you look back, uh, that's how much Christy Clark beat Kevin Falcon by 10 years ago. So it's about the same kind of win. Yeah, okay. So it was pretty decisive because leading up to this, we had started to think that maybe there was going to be some interesting ballots happening here. Yeah, we did think it was possible. The the great fear in the Falcon camp was that he would stall the way Diane Watts stalled in the 2018 liberal leadership. You get a lot of votes on the first ballot, but when the second and third and fourth choices get counted and in subsequent rounds, everybody gangs up on you and you stall. So Watts came close, but she lost to Andrew Wilkinson. Uh, Falcons people said, oh, we need at least 40% of the vote on that first count so that we can make up the balance in the remainder. And they had 47% on that first count. So they were pretty damn sure at that point. I think everybody else was too, that that he was going to win. And sure enough, he did. Right. Okay. But the thing is, he still needs a seat. Yes. So the first thing he said about that on the weekend was, yes, he does need a seat in the legislature. And it's not entirely up to him to get one. So he started talking to the members of the caucus yesterday. And obviously, the person he's going to talk to the most is the departed leader of the Liberals, Andrew Wilkinson, whose seat in Vancouver, Quilchenna, is, well, close to the safest Liberal seat in the the province. It certainly is anyway in Metro Vancouver. Um, Wilkinson, uh, will you step down? That's what uh, Gordon Campbell did to make way for Christy Clark. Uh, Former leaders do this kind of thing and put politics behind them. Even if Wilkinson resigns immediately and creates a by-election or creates an opening for a by-election, the by-election call is up to Premier John Horgan. So the other thing Falcon said on the weekend was, I hope there is a seat opens up soon, and I hope the Premier will. There is a bit of a tradition that governing parties, when the opposition party gets a new leader and needs a seat, governing parties call the by-election fairly quickly. Horgan can wait six months. I think that would look as kind of a cheap shot decision. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think in fairness, uh, Horgan... uh, Horgan will probably follow and respect, as I said, a bit of a tradition and call the by-election quickly. If he does, 
Uh, Falcon could be in the House before the end of this session. Okay, so we know already, I think we have some idea of how the NDP are going to try to tag him, considering it's been, what, 10 years since he's been in politics, but clearly... 10 years since he's been in politics. You can't blame the New Democrats. (laughs) I mean, they put out a press release yesterday that consisted entirely of nasty things that the Liberals themselves had said about Kevin Falcon. The government didn't even bother to throw in any commentary of its own. It just just quoted the Liberals, and yesterday's man, and candidate of the status quo and candidate of the backroom deals and out of touch and all that stuff, uh, which is all fair game. And it also is a reminder, Simi, that one of the biggest challenges facing uh, Falcon right away is is unifying a party that's kind of seething right. with dissent. But also some of, you know, say 10 years ago, it's been that long since he's been in politics, but some of his policies have clearly changed uh, yeah. when he talks about things now. Yeah, you know, the one that, the, two things that really jumped out at me, uh, one thing he said was that he is totally in favor of $10 a day child care. Amazing. He, he thinks it's an economic <laughs> development uh, program. And, of course, advocates for child care have been saying that for 20 years. The Liberals never said it when they were in government and didn't launch $10 a day child care, said we couldn't afford it. Uh, so there's, you know, that's the one that tells me that Falcon has certainly looked at why the Liberals lost most of their seats in and around Metro Vancouver over two elections. And I think the answer has got a lot to do with uh, two-income families working, both parents working to service the mortgage or in hopes of buying a house, and they need child care. They really do. And business has been saying this. So that one, uh, to me, is a sign that, yeah, Kevin Falcon's been paying attention to what happened while the 10 years he was out of politics. Uh, fairly telling comment there. Yeah, no kidding. And also some of the other challenges, I guess, that he's going to be facing. There's a lot of rebuilding this party needs to do. Yeah, I mean, he talks about a root and branch rebuild, and I think, you know, he's right about that. Uh, Last week, here's an interesting one. Last week, Elections BC put out the latest uh, cash donations to BC political parties. And the New Democrats raised twice as much money as the Liberals did last year. So... The Liberals have not recovered from what the New Democrats and Greens did to them in 2017, which is they took the big money out of B.C. politics. The Liberals were addicted to these giant checks and $10,000-a-plate fundraiser, and they were awash in money, as we know. Uh, The New Democrats, over the years, going back to the 1970s, have built up the small donors who donate every month base, and they've done very well from that. The Liberals never adjusted to the change. They're still scrambling for cash. Yes, last year the leadership candidates took some of the money that was available, but that's one of the big things. Money is critical to rebuilding a political party and reestablishing it around the province, and Falcon has really got his work cut out on that one. Okay, and let's talk about diversity here, too, because that was a big Big change from what we saw before. Yeah, you know, it was really interesting to me that Falcon didn't, something Falcon didn't do, and he, he thanked the other candidates, but he's taken a lot of heat, deserved. The Liberals have taken a lot of heat for lack of diversity, uh, for not reflecting British Columbia, and yet, right there in the room with Falcon was a second place finisher in this race. It is impressive to me that um, Ellis Ross 
former chief counselor of one of the First Nations in the province, first indigenous man, took a third of the vote in that leadership race, right? And this is supposedly a party of rednecks. Uh, he did really well. There aren't many examples of that in Canadian politics, period. And I thought Falcon could have uh, pointed that out and also pointed out, you know, uh, on YouTube, Ellis Ross posted his statement to his supporters last night. You want to see a class act. Mm-hmm. He says, this was my loss. He said, when the team wins, credit goes to the team. When the team loses, you blame the coach and the captain. I'm the coach and the captain. This is my loss. I apologize. And, you know, uh, that's a guy that uh, has a pretty impressive future in BC politics to me. I thought that was really also well done. And just the response clearly that people had to him with his campaign shows that there's a lot of legs there. Yeah, there is. Uh, now, you know, I'm sure Falcon will make give him a key position in his uh, shadow cabinet uh, when he gets around to announcing that. And I expect he'll announce that very soon. Uh, <laughs> Falcon told us on the weekend that he plans to be sitting on the floor of the legislature this week. So there is a little known rule in the, at the B.C. legislature that former MLAs can take a seat on the floor of the House. They can sit there, but they can't speak. Now, I'm thinking of a politician sitting there in the front. He better bring a smile, because I'm sure Premier John Horgan <laughs> and the New Democrats, they can speak. They'll welcome him, but I'd be surprised if they don't also have a little bit of fun at his expense. He'll just have to sit there and grin and bear it, because he can't speak until he has a seat in the house. Isn't that interesting? All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye.